Well, good morning, and it's welcome. It's Henry Harris, and welcome to another edition of the Spiritual Foundations of Mental Health. Today's topic, the blessing of a scattered mind. Okay, let us begin with this uh, overview of what we're exploring here with the Spiritual Foundations of Mental Health. We're working with a simple premise that the basis of all your feelings, your moods, your psychological experience is that it's, it's it, first of all, you're healthy. You're healthy no matter what you're feeling. No matter how your, the world looks and feels to you, you are healthy because you're connected to the source of all health. The uh, perception of lack of health is itself occurring inside of a, a system of wisdom, of a, of a single simple source that's providing you with all your experiences. So you're, you and I are having a whole set of feelings, and those feelings are part of a healthy and safe world in the same way that your body flows with all kinds of disparate um, components, healthy, nutritious components, oxygenated components, and toxin-filled components, and it's all part of a healthy system. So too, you and I, our psychological experience is flowing with all those things. And our capacity to understand and relate to it in with, with, under, with wisdom is going to make such a difference. It's going to make such a difference in being able to live with and be with that whole variety of experience that's flowing inside of us. I can, um, the world can look to me like uh, a place in which I am stuck, in which I am flawed or blemished or irrevocably broken. It can look and feel to me that way. Um but that would be an experience of under, that would be an experience of, of, of this moment. Now it could be that I've got a lot of those moments and they string together in a way that it feels to me like, what are you talking about? That's all there is. If I feel this way all the time, then how can you tell me that it's a flow? No, it's, it's, it's a reality. It's a static reality. That's in, I'm encountering. It's like a wall. Like I, a wall is not a flow. A wall is a wall. If I'm experiencing stuckness or despair or depression or anxiety or whatever it is, then it would seem that I'm not just experiencing a flow. I'm experiencing a reality. And my response would be to say, if you're open and you're curious to look a little bit, just to look at a little bit in, with a little bit of a, an alternative consideration, you'll see that it's not so static. It's really not. Your experience of life is is not static. A person who's highly depressed or anxious or he or she is not experiencing a singular kind of mode of experience of life. No. There are times where it's more intense. There are times where it's less intense. And it's very helpful to notice that and just kind of be curious, like, hmm, how does that work? Why is it that I'm capable of this varied sets of feelings and moods? What's what's underneath all that? And how is it possible that if I'm a quote-unquote depressed person that there are moments where I, I lighten up? Maybe it's not light like ecstasy, but I feel a little bit of hope or a little bit of resolve or a little bit of, of determination, whatever it might be. Like, how does that work? Well, that's because there's something unfolding inside of you that you and I are not the source of where we're experiencing it. It's happening. It's not in our control. And it's showing up in our heart mind ongoingly. 
Now we can interact with that. We can, we can, um, our misunderstanding allows us to kind of obscure that truth. It gets all cluttered and busy when, when we get this feeling that we don't like. It's very natural to almost unconsciously, innocently, to decide, well, I got to get rid of that feeling. And then we launch innocently and mistakenly into some kind of an analysis. How do I get away from it? How do I fix it? And then we start looking around for like, well, where is it coming from? You know, that's all built into that analysis, that kind of mistaken premise analysis that A, it's a problem to feel this feeling. B, it's therefore necessary to locate where it's coming from. And C, then I need to kind of figure it out, figure out how to deal with it, how to neutralize it, how to get away from it, all those things. And that is kind of, it just kind of amplifies it. It just kind of like fills that that difficult feeling with energy and oxygen and it just brings it to the forefront. So it, it, it's like, okay, so what am I supposed to do? What I just let it be? Well, on some level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the truth. It's not, I'm not advocating for passivity. God forbid. I'm not saying that there's nothing to do in life. I'm just saying it's a good idea not to exert yourself over things that you don't have control. That's just a good idea. And if you're, if I want, if 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 I or you or anyone is busy exerting himself against or with something that he doesn't have control over, then it just hamstrings him. It 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 um it really disables a person because you're so busy figuring out something that you're not in control over that your 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 attention and your consciousness and your 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 heart is is becomes kind of unavailable for its reset experience, for its renewal experience, for the fact that you and I are designed to kind of go through this flow process, experience painful feelings, experience um, the those feelings dissipate, and then new something new in its place, and kind of welcoming that lack of control, like make peace with that lack of control. Again, not a lack of control over anything in our lives, but a lack of control over the things that we lack control over. This is so essential to being uh, involved in the precious commandment of belief in a creator and the, and, and the commandment not to believe in powers that are not the creator, not to ascribe power to things other than the creator. That's otherwise known as idolatry. It's a precious, precious thing to be clear about this and to be able to affirm that there is a single source to everything and I have my role, but I also know that my role does not include being the source of my moods and feelings. It's not, I, I'm not, I, I have my role, but it's to, it certainly to be, includes being aware that I'm not the author of the weather that's happening in the world at large. I'm not the author of the weather that's happening inside of me. This capacity to sense my lack of control over places and that I'm not in control over is such a precious thing. It, it, it will mean uh, allowing oneself to be in uh, the difficult feelings of life, allow, it will mean allowing oneself to kind of acknowledge, okay, there's nowhere to go. This is this feels painful. There's nowhere to go. And you know what? There's really no reason to try to go somewhere else. It's healthy. It's safe. It hurts. All of those things are true, and they don't contradict one another. And I live in a world that I'm not the author of, but I do have choice, and I do have agency, and I can... I can um, I can do things with my life. I just don't need to 
fix and manage my moods and feelings. So that's the introduction. And I, I, I spoke today of the topic called the blessing of a scattered mind. So I, um, I was reading recently the insights of two great uh, wise men, Rabbi Arn Lepiansky and Rabbi Shalom Kamenetsky, about just input about the engagement with social media and the potential harm associated with it. And their basic idea was that when the relationships in your life that matter most can suffer from your engagement in those media because they're very draw they're very they're they're just they're they're they draw our attention they draw our consciousness and the and the rabbis were speaking about the fact that children in particular f- f- need the feeling of presence everybody needs the feeling of a presence in their life everyone everyone children in particular so that came to mind when i remembered the experience of my my 11 year old son walking in to a time that we had set aside to sit together and he had what to say he was bothered because he had to he's he's having a hard time concentrating he's having a lot of difficulty concentrating in school now we had a something that we had set aside to do that day at that time and i was kind of impatient to get to the matter that we had planned on doing but he he was wanting to talk about the fact that he was having difficulty concentrating during the day and i noticed that i was having difficulty being present to his conversation i wanted to do the task at hand i had a plan and this was not what we had planned this conversation and and I noticed that internal pain, like, wait, no, I, I want to do this. We're supposed to do this. We need to do this. I don't want to talk about that. It's so fascinating to feel that internal pull. Not always do I feel that way when sometimes if someone comes to me or my child or someone else that I'm meeting with and they want to do or they need to do something different than what I planned there are times where it just feels like, okay, great, let's go over this. Let's go in this direction. For whatever reason, this time I did not feel that way. I felt impatience. And I noticed that I felt the impatience and I couldn't just turn it off. I couldn't just turn off the spigot of those impatient feelings. Now, in retrospect, I realized what a wonderful kind of synchrony this was that he was describing his frustration at being unable to concentrate during school and my experiencing the difficulty being present to what he most wanted and what he most needed, which is really the only reason why I'm getting together with him in the first place. The only reason I'm getting together with him in the first place is because I'm looking to be of help to him because I want to, I want to be present to him, but I, I got distracted. And so in retrospect, I realized just how, how wonderfully opportunity, what, what an amazing opportunity, but that didn't, in the moment, it didn't occur to me in the moment I was just, sitting in the impatient feelings I was feeling and frustrated that I couldn't get him to do what I wanted. And alternatively, I couldn't bring myself to feel just calm and settled and present to the conversation that he was interested in. So this is, in a sense, there's a blessing to this. There's a blessing to a scattered mind. I'm calling this a scattered mind. In, in Hebrew, we might refer to this as pizor nefesh. Pizor nefesh is like the, it, pizor in Hebrew means literally the scattering, the scattered. 
the scattered nefesh, the scattered consciousness. My, my consciousness is kind of jumping. In a classroom, a child feels unable to sit and focus on what his teacher is teaching. There's a, his mind is racing in lots of directions. He's remembering something he didn't do or he did do or he's something he's looking forward to doing or he's just feeling this energy that is jumpy and impatient within him. And there's no single space of kind of stillness. That's a, there's a scatteredness to that. There's a blessing in being scattered because the opportunity of a blessing, the, the opportunity of a scattered mind is to be reminded of our lack of control. It is such a good thing to know there are places in our lives where we lack control because then we know not to exert ourselves over there. We know to, to kind of go, go gently over there. And in fact, I want to offer you an experiment. I want to offer you an experiment. If you're listening to this podcast right now, I'm going to introduce an experiment. And then I'm going to ask you to pause the recording, try the experiment, and then come back. Okay, so here's the, here's the experiment. I want you uh, to, to think of a... Um, th- this, th- this is the experiment. I want you to think of holding your mind's eye the image of a of a green elephant. Okay, close your eyes in a moment. Not yet. In a moment, you're going to pause the recording. You're going to hold in your mind's eye a green elephant, and you're going to you're going to uh, count. Either you're going to set yourself an alarm, or you're going to uh, simply count in your count aloud as you visualize the green elephant closing your eyes. You're going to count to thirty, and you're going to ensure that no other image appears in your mind's eye other than the green elephant, okay? So let's give that a whirl. Pause this recording in on the count of three, and then come on back. One, two, three. Okay, well, welcome back. How did that go? How was, how was the experience of uh, in holding that vision of a green elephant in your mind for 30 full seconds, were you able uninterruptedly to maintain that exclusive image in your mental, in your mental view? I suspect, I don't know for certain, but I suspect that you were not able to because the flow of thoughts and visions and images that come through us is kind of nonstop. And it's not really something that we're so in control over. It's fascinating to notice that. Now, I have another experiment for you that you can do after this recording is over. And that is to go over to a, um, if you have a car sitting in your driveway, go over to that car and make a sincere effort to lift the car, stand at the side of the car or at the front of the car, and to lift it, just lift it straight up off the ground to your full height, like as if the car is standing at an angle, the front of it or the back of it is all the way up in the air at the height of your arms and the front is or the back, the other side is still on the ground. Give that a try. If you don't have a car, if you don't have access to a car, then try that with, um, let's say, with a uh, the largest piece of furniture you have in your house. Just get a, get, go over to it and make a sincere effort to lift it up and see how that goes. It is a wonderful thing to realize there are things in our lives that we don't <clears throat> have power over. 
And this is true with regards to the mental, to, to the flow of our internal experience. The blessing of a scattered mind is the, the blessing of being able to kind of have a reset moment. Again, it can feel painful. It can feel upsetting. Like, wait, I don't like the fact that my mind is unsettled. I don't like the fact that I feel impatient or scattered or um, angry or jealous or whatever it is, whatever the unwanted feeling is. I don't like that feeling. Well, guess what? That flow of feeling in a given moment is a, a component of what you don't have power over in a direct sense. I'm not saying that you don't have a role to play. You do. But the role begins with knowing what's true about how feelings live inside of us, how feelings and moods and psychological experiences come to life inside of us. They come to life inside of us not because we author them, not because anything of this world authors them. And we can, we can, by seeing that, we can start to have a new relationship with it. We can start to have a new relationship with those feelings. We can start to feel them, to feel their unpleasantness, but simultaneously feel their unpleasantness with this kind of letting go. I don't like this feeling. I'm not going to bother trying to, I, 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 at the very least, I acknowledge it's kind of illogical to fix it. It's illogical and, un, and nonsensical to try and run from it or, or solve it. I don't like it, and yet I realize that it's something I can't control. If my car, God forbid, um, were to not start, I'd make an effort to try and, I don't know, look around and see if there's something obvious. But at a certain point, I would let go of the fact that my car is not starting. I would kind of make peace with like, okay, I, I, I probably should figure out who to call. Maybe I'll call this wonderful organization volunteers called Haverim and see if it's a battery issue or I'll call my mechanic and see if he has any obvious things to say. I, I, but I won't, I won't shove myself into the path of an analysis, a further analysis. I, I don't, I don't know about cars so much, you know, there's a limit to what I know. I don't have control. I, I just don't, it's not, that's not a domain that I really have ex I exercise control over. Okay, so then I my mind is is released from that engagement, and then I look to an alternative. Like it's amazing when I'm no longer in need of solving or fixing or or anal analyzing a domain that is just not a it's just not my domain. My mind is then released to consider what could be productive, and new and new thoughts arise new thoughts arise that allow me to go in a new direction and I can see new things. The same thing is true with a, with a scattered mind, with a burdened, bothered, agitated mind. I, I, I don't have the power to just clear that, to lift myself up and above it through a means that I have, I'm not familiar with a technique or a process whereby I can just lift myself up above it. I am aware that I can, uh, to the best of my ability, acknowledge what's true about this feeling and let myself be in it and go from there. To the best of my ability, go from there. Feel the painful feeling. Remember the truth about painful feelings. Remember that I don't always reside in this state of mind and it's not a problem to be in this state of mind right now. I can be here. And that is. What I'm back to the story with my with my son. What better what better gift do I have to my son or to anyone for that matter 
who's struggling with a with with a scattered mind then the capacity to be with a scattered mind i can be with a scattered mind to the best of my ability and thereby offer like a, there's a presence that i have i'm not running from it i'm not reacting to him i'm not trying to shove him out of his conversation and into the conversation i want to have no i i have the ability to be here in my life on on some level of unconditionalness that that that, that the, the being in the presence of someone who knows a little bit about unconditionalness unconditional presence is the biggest gift that i can give anybody it's the biggest gift i can give anybody and therefore that scattered mind is a um, it is a blessing because it 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 just it anchors us. It reminds us of our lack of control. And when we encounter that lack of control, then we can remember, okay, I this is not my job. This is not my job. I'm not going to fix the car. I'm going to ask someone who knows about fixing the car. In this case, that would be the creator of the universe. I can pray, you know, God, I'm experiencing quite a bit of distress. The only address for uh, new thoughts and new feelings is you. So I'm going to be in these feelings. I'm going to ask for help. And I'm going to acknowledge the truth about where and how feelings work.